Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. So we're talking about how to find distressed properties to wholesale. So this is really, there's, it, it depends really where you are exactly. Even within New York State, there's different uh, uh, different things you can get. So let's talk about how do you do this. And by the way, this is the crux of the business, right? This is the, you know, people get into this business or start to get into this business and they think, oh, I'm, I may not find an attorney. I may not find a, a title company. I may not find a, a buyer. All these things are horseshit. The only thing that's important is finding distressed properties to wholesale. If you can find, if you told me, hey, I can find properties, no problem. I'm telling you, you will never be broke the rest of your life and you'll probably be very rich um, because that's the hard part of the business. So it really depends on where you are because the the way to find distressed properties is to get a list of people that are likely to sell, right? And in New York, that's it's a, that's a harder list to get than in a lot of other parts of the country. So in most parts of the country, you can easily get a list of people that are tax delinquent. That's a great list because usually that means they don't even have a mortgage, right? If they're not paying their taxes, usually there's no lender on there. The lender would pay the mortgage. So they probably own it for you free and clear and they're behind on their taxes. They prob- That means they probably can't afford it unless... Unless there's some kind of issue, but but that's a great list, a tax delinquent list. Very hard to get that in my area, almost impossible in Nassau and Suffolk. Um, you can get a list of people that have code violations. So the local municipality is saying, hey, these guys aren't cutting their grass, or if it's a cold place in the winter, they're not shoveling their snow, or the house looks uh, beat up, um, or maybe the house has been uh, condemned. That's a great list, right? So there's all kinds of lists. There are Those are specific lists. So... Um, those are great lists to get, and you can get them in a lot of places. I can't get them by me. So there are more broad lists than I use. So people, let's say, that don't live in the house, and maybe the house is vacant too. That's a broader list, a good list. Um, list of people that are very old and have lived in the house a long time. That's a good list, right? Because those people are more likely to sell, right? You don't know anybody on that list is going to sell, but that's a list of people that are more likely to sell. You take that list, and if you, if you have multiple lists, you can stack those lists and see the people that show up on the most lists. Those are probably people you want to focus on more. You take those lists of people and then you get phone numbers for them through a process called skip tracing. Uh, skip tracing will get phone numbers. Now, it's not perfect. It's really not perfect. Nothing's perfect. But it's likely to give you a phone number for that person. And maybe you'll have multiple phone numbers for that person. And you may have to call them. And some of them are going to be wrong. And some of them are, are going to be right. And sometimes even if they're right, you can't reach the person. The person doesn't pick up the phone. But you got to go through that. And then you, after you get those phone numbers, you then have to call or text. Or you could mail. You don't even need phone numbers if you're going to mail that list. You market to that list. That's how you find distressed properties to wholesale. Now, there's something a lot of people do called driving for dollars, which means you drive around and you find the crappiest property and you write down the notes and then you try and find the owner. Um, that's something that works. People do it and it's good. And, and if you add that to the other lists, right? So this property looks like crap and you know it's tax delinquent and maybe it's uh, a vacant absentee, that's good too. So you stacking list is a good thing. And there are a bunch of pro- uh, products to stack lists. There's a property list manager, there's batch list uh, stacker, um, REI SIFT. There are good good products out there to, to stack lists, which means you take a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and it tells you, hey, this one shows up three times, this one shows up four times, this one shows these show up once. So that is really how you find distressed properties, right? So that that again, that doesn't get you a deal. That gets you a list to market to. The key is to market to that list um ad infinitum. So if you don't have a lot of time, hopefully you have some money to pay somebody else to do it. So you can pay a cold caller to call that list. And basically the questions are, hey, are you looking to sell? You know, and guarantee you a lot of people are going to sell at Screaming Just took a phone call with a guy who was 
lecturing me for five minutes, and I really want to hang up on him. Five minutes telling me why, how, where, if he sells his house, where is he going to move? I'm like, I don't know. And so the guy said, you sent me a postcard. And I send a lot of mail. And he said, I said, yeah. And he said, um, I miss mean, crazy story. He goes, uh, where am I going to move? Where am my family going to go out in a shelter? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, were you, so I always ask, were you even thinking about selling before you got my postcard? And he's like, no. So then I know this is not going to be a, a deal, right? Because let's face it, if you're never going to convince somebody to sell you your property, right? You're only trying to find, with using this process that I've been talking about, trying to find people that were thinking of selling or, or actively trying to sell. That's it. You're never ever going to convince anybody to sell their house, right? You're not paying you know, crazy numbers, right? And I tell people, listen, I'm an investor. I have to buy it at a discount. If you're looking for top dollar, we're probably not going to do business. I say that, I, I must have said the line 5,000 times. So my point is that if someone tells me, hey, I wasn't even thinking of selling, I go, listen, I'm an investor. I got to buy it at a discount. This, we're probably not a good fit. And this guy was still yelling at me. I wasted a good five minutes on him. And I removed him so I'll never mail him again. I never want to mail him again, right? People don't understand that they get offended when they get a postcard or a call. I'm like, I don't want to contact you, spend a second of anybody's time or a penny of anybody's dollar on you if you don't want to sell to me. I'm looking for people that are looking to sell. So that's the process. It's a constant marketing to people, the list of people that are more likely to sell and trying to get some of them, a fraction, to say, yeah, I'm thinking about selling or, yeah, I need to sell this in six months or I need to sell this in a year or, you know what, I really want to sell it now. My tenant stopped paying me rent and uh, I'm sick of this house or we get a hundred different things. And once they say that, then it's not like they're going to say, hey, I want to sell my, the first time you're going to call them, they're going to say, hey, I want to sell my house right now. What's, what's your offer? Usually if somebody just says, what's your offer? What's your offer? It's an indication that they're not really wanting to sell. And I'll, and I'll push back again or my lease manager or my co-co will push back and say, if somebody says, what's your offer? I'll say, listen, I'm not even sure we want to buy it yet. Um, but just so you know, we're investors. We have to buy at a discount to make money. Um, it sounds like we're not a good fit. We always push away. You want to push away as much as you can. The more you push away, if they are a good prospect, the more they'll push to you. I mean, it's a great thing to say you push away from the call. Only two, one of two things can happen. Right? Either the guy can go, you're right, I'm not going to sell the discount and hang up the phone, and then you just saved yourself the stupid five minutes that I had uh, with this guy yelling at me. Or the guy will go, wait a second, I got a problem. I didn't want to say anything, but I have uh, you know, I have seven illegal apartments in the basement. Uh, th- those things happen all the time. So that is, that is how you find distressed properties, right? And distressed properties is a weird term, right? Because the distress may be in the property, right? The property might be falling apart. Uh, but sometimes it's the property's fine and the distress is with the seller. Seller has some kind of issue. Seller just can't sell through the traditional means of listing the property with an agent. Maybe the seller had a, tar- a terrible time with an agent. Maybe the seller has a specific time frame. And it's not always, hey, I need to sell in five minutes. You see, people have that misconception. <laughs> they think that you're going to call this list and a lot of people are going to answer. And they're all going to go, I need to sell right away at any price. That's not what's going to happen. Sometimes I-, I have bought more properties that went the other way where the guy just didn't know where he was going to go, wanted to lock up a buyer, but needed more time, didn't want to be on a on a buyer's time frame shorter. And I said, I'll wait as long as you want. I bought more properties like that than I bought from people who really had to sell fast. I bought some from people that sell fast, but very uncommon, especially in New York. In New York, it's very uncommon because the mentality in New York is that this is going to take a long time because real estate transactions take a long time in New York. So... That process of calling, and even when they say, maybe I'm thinking about it, you have to keep calling them, right? You want to stay in touch with them every two weeks, every four weeks, until the point where they go, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in selling. And that that's how you find properties to wholesale. Uh, people that are willing to sell it at enough of a discount that you can assign the contract 
to another cash buyer who's going to fix and flip the property. That is the basic gist of it. It's not easy. It's simple. It's a simple, simple process, but it's not easy because there's a tremendous amount of rejection. A lot of people are not, a lot of people can tell you to go screw yourself. I mean, this guy, I think he said I was effing stupid, but people have told me die in a fire, drop dead. You're a piece of crap. You're a, what did some guy call me? I've heard a lot of bad things. And if you're not able to take that, if you don't have a thick skin, you know, and you may get that a first day, you may say, this is not for me, um, but you don't need to expect it. And the process takes a very long time, wherever you are. I know there's people out there who say, oh, I started wholesale. I, someone just showed me a thing. Guy's 18. He started wholesaling, got a check in a week, um, made $100,000 for six months. And now he's a guru in seven months later. So this guy's 18, has been doing it for seven months, had an, a really good success. And now he's teaching other people how to do it. I mean, that's a crazy thing. And the guy who was telling me about it is like, we may we may be good if there was more uh, legislation and more barriers to entry because this kid doesn't know what the hell he's doing, had good success, and now is teaching people how to do it when he doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, he had min- minuscule success. There are people like me and people in like masterminds that I'm part of, you know, we've been doing this for, for 10 years. We've been through ups and downs, right? And that's different. But the process to find distressed properties is, again, one, get a list of people likely to sell. It could be a reason due to the property, right? If you can get a code violation list or you get a property or, or, or a driving for dollars list, the properties look bad, or it can be a reason due to the seller. Seller's got issues, uh, maybe a divorce, maybe uh, economic distress, can't pay their taxes, whatever the issue is. So uh, you get that list, step one. You can just mail that list if you want to skip step two. Step two to me is to skip trace the list so you get phone numbers. And then step three is to call and or text um, and or RVM, ringless voicemail, those people uh, a lot, right? You, 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 people, you know, and I, I suffer from this too. People are afraid I'm going to bother people. I'm going to call them too often. And then they're going to scream at me. Um, you can't over communicate with them. You can't. The only thing that can happen if you over communicate is they can say, Hey, you've been bothering me. Take me off your list. And I'm happy to take anybody off the list. Um, but what happens for a lot of people that are going through problems that you can solve by buying their property is they need to be touched a lot of times could be a dozen times, could be 15 times. So you can't over-communicate. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.